welcome to another episode of the Niners Nation podcast. With you again, Niner Nate. And with me, as always, Leo Luna, Sports Illustrated. How are you doing, man? Um, I would be doing a lot better if the 49ers moved up in the draft after losing to the Dallas Cowboys because um, if they were going to win one out of the last three remaining games, that's probably the one I would have enjoyed the most. They see Seattle twice a year, every single year. You could have made the case for that. But just since they don't see the Cowboys twice every single year, I would have voted for this one. Yeah, I think if there was one win I would rather have them take, it was it was this one against the Cowboys. But, I mean, it is what it is. They're not good right now. They don't have a quarterback. They don't, you know, they're 28 players on IR. It, it's, it is what it is, and, you know, we're taking what we can get. I think that draft stock is going to change a lot here in the next two weeks, uh, the last two weeks of the season, because they're going to for sure lose because Arizona's playing for a draft slot. And I think it might come down to where Seattle's playing for seeding. Uh, maybe not, maybe, maybe, but I don't think that they're going to beat the Seahawks. Even if, even if Russell isn't playing, they're just, just, they just don't have what it takes, um, to beat that team, but it'll be interesting to see where they end up. I mean, they can end up as low as six, um, and anything's possible. Uh, today, basically, you know, it's a weird day. Uh, they were officially eliminated for the playoffs. So we're talk a little bit about that game, talk about what it's like to be, you know, the playoffs, the studs, the duds, that type of stuff what they got to avoid these next two games with the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. And then we definitely want to check, talk about dra- draft stock. Cause I think there's some interesting stuff to really talk about with the draft coming up. Now, I think that uh, with the Jaguars now being the number one pick, I think it puts the jets in an interesting position that I definitely want to talk about today. Um, first of all, I mean, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about this Dallas Cowboys game. I mean, I took the Cowboys. Uh, I did not think the 49ers are going to win. I think the Cowboys were the better team. Uh, at quarterback, Andy Dalton isn't necessarily a great quarterback, but I didn't think he was going to make the mistakes that I've had a feeling Nick Mullins would make. Obviously, you didn't think that. You made a bet with someone on Twitter that he wouldn't throw an interception, which you lost some money pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, I didn't even get out the first quarter. Uh, <laughs> and I had the 49ers to win the game. I just thought the ground game was going to be overpowering for the Cowboys. The Cowboys actually came out looking like they wanted to win a football game, which I found that surprising because of who their head coach is. Um, so, yeah, lost some money on this. Uh, but, hey, it, it happens. It happens. It's a gamble. <laughs> I think it was the Andy Dalton factor that was the biggest thing that really made me pick the Cowboys was because Andy Dalton's really playing for, you know, his future in the NFL at this point. And, you know, he's probably never going to ever be on a team with better wide receivers than he's on right now. And, yes, when Dak comes back, he'll probably be the quarterback, whatever. But, you know, Dalton's showing he can still kind of sling it a little bit. And granted, he didn't really play that well. But, you know, the Cowboys defense did what they needed to do. The Niners lose that game. And and in the end, that will it will look like a blessing, I think, losing that game. Because once we get to the final two games and the season is over, the draft position will not be 12, which it is right now. It'll be, you know, a much better, you know, I think a much – I think it's going to be seven – I think that's my hot take. I think that they're going to pick seventh. And I think that, you know, we'll talk about this later. I think that there's a trade partner in the Cincinnati Bengals that I think is where they will pick come draft night. But, I mean, you know, they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. And if I was gonna, if I told you that this was where I thought we would be come the end of the season, I would have said you're, you're bonkers crazy. I thought they were going right back to the Super Bowl. It doesn't surprise me after week um, week five that this team got eliminated from the playoffs this year. What about you? Before the season started, I had the 49ers at least going back 
to the NFC Championship game. I thought they had a great chance at advancing to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl, considering that the NFC is just completely wide open. It's not a one-man's race. And the team they probably would have faced in the Super Bowl is the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs, which they already faced them in the Super Bowl once, so it's not something that would be consideringly new to them. Um, But it was once you saw Nick Bosa go down, Jimmy Garoppolo go down, George Kittle go down, Raheem Mostert go down, Debo down, uh, you started D Ford, like he went at MIA, and you just got that feeling like, Hopefully they could squeeze into the playoffs just because I'm a 49er fan. And then the more you thought about it, your that fandom was kind of like, uh, they're not going to make the playoffs, but I'm still going to cheer for it. And I would have never thought this like yourself. I actually wrote an article for Sports Illustrated stating the 49ers wouldn't be a victim of the Super Bowl hangover because only two teams out of the last 11 years were Super Bowl hangovers, which was Cam Newton, which I don't really trust him as a quarterback, and then the Rams, which I don't really trust Jared Goff, and then they had a bunch of issues staying healthy as well, like the 49ers. And to say I would have guessed the Super Bowl hangover strictly because of injuries, not because of performance or because of coaching, I would have been dead wrong. And so I didn't see that coming Injuries is something you can never predict, even though we get on Garoppolo, say, for being injury prone. It's who knows? He could play the next five years and never miss a game. You just can't predict it. But it's just tough seeing where the 49ers were last year and seeing where they are this year. It's just really tough to watch. And I I think that the biggest factor and, you know, people think I'm such this this Jimmy Garoppolo hater is what I've been called on Twitter now. And I, I think that they probably still probably go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. But the, the biggest thing has been, you know, with, with a season like this, it's going to put set you up to make an upgrade at the position you're the weakest at. And I think that's where the weakest position is, is quarterback. So, you know, yes, they probably still go to the Super Bowl. They probably don't win again. I think Kansas City wins because I just don't think they have a quarterback that is able to duel with Mahomes, especially without Nick Bosa. You know, if they had Nick Bosa, I think it's a different story too. And I think that healthy, this team is still probably the best team in the NFC. I think Green Bay, you know, even though they just ran it back, I think that they've They've really found a way to make that system work. And I think that the Saints defense is actually showing to be something that could potentially give Mahomes uh, a struggle in the Super Bowl. But if we're looking at the teams in the in the in the in the in the, in the NFC, there's only two teams that I think could win the Super Bowl or even just make it to the Super Bowl for that matter. And I don't think the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl. I've said that a million times on Twitter and on Facebook or everywhere. The NFC will not win the Super Bowl this year. It's just not physically possible. The AFC is so much better than the NFC this year. It's crazy. I mean, you have a you have a, a a Cleveland Browns team that might not make the playoffs at eleven and five. That's insane. You have Baltimore that might not make the playoffs. They're nine and five. They're probably going to finish at worst ten and six. I could make a case they win these last two games and end up eleven and five, and they could miss the playoffs. Both those teams just mentioned the Browns and the Ravens are both better than almost every team in the NFC right now minus the Packers and the Saints. I think they're better than the Seahawks. Seahawks almost found a way to lose to the Washington football team with Dwayne freaking Haskins. And Russell Wilson has been so terrible in the, in the stretch of the season. Jared Goff lost to the freaking New York Jets. Like, you cannot tell me that any of these teams in the NFC playoff picture right now are any good. I mean, 
New York Giants with Colt McCoy, I think that's a little unfair. Their defense is actually really good, and they're being held back by quarterback play, which, I mean, Daniel Jones isn't a world beater. He's not Mahomes. But, but at the same time, like, New York's decent, but they're not they're not better than Green Bay, and they're not better than the Saints, and I don't think that anyone comes close. I think there's a huge gap there. But then you get to the AFC, and I think there's an argument that Buffalo might be as good as Kansas City. Yeah, Buffalo's legit, uh, but obviously I'm going to put my money on Mahomes instead of Josh Allen. Uh, I I look at the NFC, and I think the only one that could go toe-to-toe with Kansas City would be New Orleans. But do I trust New Orleans to get out of the playoffs? Absolutely not. Well, and they they lost to Kansas City yesterday at home in New Orleans. So, I mean, it's not like we've seen them beat the Chiefs before. There's There's totally a chance they get to the Super Bowl and lose again to the Chiefs like they did yesterday. Granted, that game was close, but, you know, Drew Brees isn't the guy he was in 2011 when he won the Super Bowl. You know, he's not – this team is not as good as that Mahomes-led Chiefs team, and I don't even think they're as good as that that Josh Allen-led Bills team. So I feel like if if there was any year that it sucks for the 49ers to be in this position they've been in with with injuries and and, and shoddy quarterback play and – um, you know, everything that's happened this year, the COVID, losing your home, it, it sucks because I think that this was the year that the 49ers get their rematch against the Chiefs. Do they win? Probably not. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. There's there's totally a chance anything can happen any given Sunday. But I think the Chiefs team this year is actually better than last year's Chiefs team because I think that Mahomes has just become another step better as a quarterback. Well, it seems like as far as when it comes to the NFC, we came to a conclusion. If the 49ers weren't dealing with a ton of injuries and, you know, injuries in the NFL happen. It happened last year and the 49ers did fine. But the amount of injuries the 49ers are facing just makes this season a complete mulligan and say, give it a try next year. But where I'm saying we agree on is if they stayed healthy, at least enough, they would have won the NFC. I feel like we're both on the same page here. They're back-to-back NFC champions, no doubt in my freaking mind. And I think that, you know, what you got to do in these next two games is just show some heart, really. You know, you're not going to beat Arizona. You're not going to beat Seattle. Show some heart. You know, don't get blown out. And and maybe, you know, play some of the guys you don't normally play. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, some of the guys uh, that, you know, Skewell played, Skewell played guard yesterday. I, it wasn't terrible. You know, I... I According to PFF, he gave up six pressures. And, and he wasn't, like, the worst. But, I mean, like, their offensive line is destroyed. Like, they're screwed there right now. Like, they're going to get that figured out the offseason. Those are the two things I think they just need to figure out this offseason. The quarterback and how to get this offensive line more cohesive, more meshing. Just a better, you know, I think once that happens, you're, you know, my boy Concrete Creep, Fleet Concrete Feet, I think he's going to play a lot better next year with a better quarterback and a more um together offensive line that isn't like a guy who's normally supposed to be the backup tackle playing guard and a guy who was supposed to play guard playing center and it's just been a mess and i, I just hope that i hope that their you know their priorities in the offseason are to sign some of these guys and obviously we'll talk more about it in the offseason but i mean you know iuk every week balls and i you can't ask for more from a kid who was a first round pick and you know has all the hype he had what he's shown has been phenomenal. I think that they just need to try some stuff, mess around with, you know, I love seeing Akello out there. I love seeing, cause I felt like for the longest time, Akello was in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse and he might still be, but he looked good out there. 
against some great receivers. CeeDee Lamb's a great football player. You know, Amari Cooper is a great football player. Michael Gallup is a great football player. And, and, and Akello was good. You know, that I didn't see anything from Akello that had me worried about what he would do. And I, I, do I think he plays here next year? Probably not. But, I, you know, if they could get him for cheap, I think you could bring him back on a one-year deal. Yeah. Well, Akello's not going to come back because someone that's related to Akello is going to pound their fist on the table and say, do not sign that contract. <laughs> um. So he he was obviously in the doghouse. They tried to trade him during the trade deadline. Nobody offered anything uh, for Akello. But I would love to see Akello out there with Sherman. Say Brent gets over his illness and he's back. You have Emmanuel Mosley. You have K1 Williams. So that's four corners already. I think they should find a way to get that fifth corner on the field and that fifth corner being Akello Witherspoon because, hey, if he does ball out these last two games, we've seen it in the NFL, MLB, and NBA. It happens in all professional sports. A little snippet sample uh, of a player playing at a high level could get that player paid. Uh, obviously not top market money when it comes to Akello, but get him paid something to where it could potentially reward the 49ers with a 2022 fifth-round comp or something if it comes out to that amount, say if he signs a one-year deal somewhere. Uh so I think that's something you got to consider if you're the 49ers and start playing for the future. And Akilo could give you something in return, even though you didn't get uh, any type of compensa- compensation for him now. Well, when it comes to the trade deadline that passed, maybe you could get something in the offseason. If, and if someone decides to give him a one-year, $7 million contract, it's not crazy amount when you're talking about the cornerbacks. The cornerback market, you see a lot of players make $7 million that are just average or below average corners. So if he could play out, played great yesterday, and that's that's a great example because, like you said, Dallas has great receivers. So if he could do that these last two games against receivers like DeAndre Hopkins, maybe he has one play on him that he gets a PBU, or if he has one play on DK Metcalf where he gets a PBU, um, I think that could pay off in the offseason if someone decides to say, hey, Akilo, we like the way you played um, with our coaching staff here and, and with our game plan. We think you could excel, sign this two-year, $14 million contract. Then he could become a fifth-round comp or a fourth-round comp in the 22 draft. Why not? Find a way to get those five corners on the field. Do it. Totally. And I think that I think if there's anything we've learned from the, you know, the end of this lost season is the defense is going to be fine. And I think we've said this on the show. The defense is going to be fine. I think the offense will be fine. I think right now it's a little weird because we don't even know what the offensive line is going to look like next year. But the, the defense will be fine because they will figure it out. Even without even if Salah leaves, they will figure it out. They've proven time and time again they know how to build a good defense. And Nick Bosa, as a player, can hide so many flaws. And I think that once Nick Bosa comes back, we're going to see more of what we saw from Armstead yesterday, where Armstead was just all over the field, and just killed Andy Dalton as much as he could. And I really like Eric Armstead. I know a lot of people hate, hate on him. Um, I think that with some help, I think Eric Armstead will be back to his 2019 self. Well, yeah, people go back on last year and say, oh, he had Nick Bosa and D4. That's why he played so well. Well, obviously, he's a three-tech pass rusher. He's not off on the edge. He's a three-tech pass rusher. So guess what he did yesterday? He was able to be a pass rusher from the three-tech. He finally played in position and he balled out. So, good for Eric Armstead. I'm, I'm not on the Eric Armstead shouldn't be on this team bandwagon. No, he finally played in position. 
and he had success playing in his position. Good for him. I think that that pass rush next year of Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and hopefully Kerry Hyder is is good. Um, I think they might look to upgrade at edge, but I think that Kerry Hyder has actually proven that he could, should be on this pass rush next year. And depending on how much it costs, I think that's you know questions up in the air. But if they want to go get an edge through the draft, they can. Just don't do it in the first round. <laughs> yeah, just just don't do it in the first round. I, I, I have a feeling why you feel that way. But if they say if they acquire Stafford from Detroit, well, then it's going to make it really hard to get a signed another free agent pass rusher like a Ryan Kerrigan because now you had to exercise that cap in order to fit in Matthew Stafford's contract, which would figure to be around a $20 million cap hit for the 49ers. So if they do have their starting quarterback come out of the draft, then you could possibly sign an edge rusher, but it should be Kerry Eider obviously has you know a good thing going on with this 49ers team, with these 49ers players in the locker room. They love him. So I think it's somebody that they should bring back and look at him as a potential starter. I think that, that there is an argument, you know, if they do go the Stafford or Dak route and they don't have that money, I think you go get a Gregory Rousseau um, out of Miami in the draft. I think that you, I think that you could, so you could say, I think personally, here's my like hot take of the day. I think the only thing you should spend a first round pick on if it's in the first 10 picks is an edge rusher or a quarterback. That's fair. Or offensive tackle. I mean, or not, or an offensive tackle, I guess. But I think that quarterback and edge are the two most important things. And I think if you're picking sixth or seventh and you go get Stafford or Dak Prescott, I think that Gregory Rousseau would be the pick that they would go. I think edge and, and bolstering that edge and having another great edge rusher would be great, you know, especially if you're going to have Stafford coming in um, and, and having to take that contract. But I, I think that I, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's talk draft. Um, you know, that's what the whole offseason is going to be. It's going to be a crazy offseason. There's going to be a lot to talk about. This draft is setting itself up for the 49ers to take a quarterback. I, I think that it's, it, it's, it's, it's almost, it's not perfect. It's not, it wouldn't be perfect, you know, but, you know, in a way where, think about it. The Niners have a season where they lose their franchise quarterback, uh, his second year of his new, con- his first year of his new contract, technically. Four games this season, losing for the season, and they end up with Nick Bosa, a life-changing pass rusher who takes him to the Super Bowl. I think we are on the verge of a season where, they have lost enough games where they're on the verge of, of taking a life-changing quarterback that could actually change them, not for just one year, but for the next five, six years. You know, if they draft the right guy, I think that they are going to be a threat to everybody for years to come. I would be all for them taking a quarterback in the first round, preferably Zach Wilson. We kind of shared uh, text messages between each other, and I said, I will cut off my pinky toe to have Zach Wilson be the 49ers quarterback. <laughs> I'd cut off a whole lot more than that, I think. But let, let's talk about the way this draft order is setting up. I think that we're going to, you know, this is what we're going to spend a lot of time on in the next two weeks. I think that this draft order is becoming really interesting, especially with the Jaguars being the number one pick now because they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. They've proven that they're done with Gardner Minshew. They don't, you know, they don't believe in any of their quarterbacks. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence. So then we move on to the Jets at number two. And I think that taking Justin Fields at two is actually, um, kind of a weird thing when you have Sam Darnold there and I think it's going to be it's honestly going to be up to the head coach or the GM of that team but I think that maybe they won't go quarterback I think they trade out of the two uh I think that maybe there's a possibility they trade out of two and 
and and and go get more picks because their roster is a disaster. Yeah, that that's a very real possibility. Um, thank you, Jets, for beating the Rams because it makes us laugh at them just a little bit. Uh, but you kind of screwed yourself over in that process. So the Jets, yeah, that I think if they don't end up with Trevor Lawrence, they should one hundred percent consider moving out of that and restocking their team and reloading it because I don't like Justin Fields too much. That Ohio State situation with what they have at quarterback is kind of it's a great scheme. Wide receivers are open all the time. You're not really having to throw with much anticipation. You're not throwing having to throw in much tight windows. So I'm I'm not too high on that. He he doesn't sell me as someone that's oh yes, he's a bona fide top two pick in the NFL draft. And then Zach Wilson, while I'll cut off my pinky toe for him, he's a gamble as well. He's not a bona fide, say, Deshaun Watson, who's not the first overall pick, but this guy could be your franchise quarterback. There's a gamble on Zach Wilson. There's a gamble on Trey Lance playing one year in FCS football. So with that being considered, you have Sam Darnold who – has those one to two to three plays every Sunday, and you say, gosh, get him a coach. Get him some talent. And the Jets might able, might actually be able to do something with Sam Darnold. So they should consider keeping him. They should consider trading back in the draft. That I think that would be smart. Say if Atlanta wants to go up and take Justin Fields, have him sit behind Matt Ryan for a bit. Justin Fields is a Georgia boy. He played his freshman year at the University of Georgia, so I would figure they know him pretty well. And then, and then now you have the Bengals picking three. They are not going to take a quarterback. Their guy is Joe, is Joe Burrow. Whether whether people think it is or not, he got hurt. Yes, Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. He showed it this season. He's a good quarterback. He is playing for the Cincinnati Bengals, who are just as much of a dumpster fire as the New York Jets are. But they're going to probably go tackle to protect Joe Burrow. And I think that there's an, there is a trade that could potentially be there if San Francisco is picking six or seven, which probably is going to be the case when they lose these next two games. Um, they could trade with Cincinnati, go take their guy, Zach, and, and, and you know do that. The one thing that does scare me, like you were saying, is if the Jets trade back, could they trade back with someone who goes up and gets Zach Wilson at two? Um, or, you know... I. I still think that Fields is probably too. The nice thing is, is we're going to see Fields at least one more time um, before he declares for the draft where people can kind of get a better idea for him. And I think there's a huge draft process to go ahead. And the athleticism for Justin Fields is there, whether or not he's thrown into, you know, we had a great game on, you know, this Saturday. I think Justin Fields is still a good quarterback prospect. And I still think that someone will take him in those first 10 picks. Um, But I do worry that that could be someone picking, going up and taking Zach Wilson. I think if the Niners get Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, they're going to be in a good position. Um, we move on to that fourth pick. The team that I'm actually really afraid that would do that is Carolina because I think that they've shown that 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 uh, Teddy Bridgewater has reached his ceiling now. You know, he can't play much better than he's playing right now, which, you know, it's not bad, but it's not, you know, NFL quarterback caliber, you know, what you need to win in this league. Granted, they're in the league with the Saints and, and the Bucks, and, you know, the Falcons are going to get it figured out, I think but they could still win some games and so here's real quick what i think they're going to play the football team this sunday and i think they can win that game 
I think if the football team does not put Alex Smith at quarterback, he's still hurt, I think that there's an argument the Panthers could win that game. Their final game is against the New Orleans Saints, who could have already clinched the number two seed. So there's a chance Carolina wins some games and they're out of the Niners, you know, problem window. That's that's a big chance, but I would think they probably go quarterback because they did sign Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal and they could get out of his contract after next season. So if they took a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance, he could sit behind Teddy Bridgewater for one year. And also, let's keep in mind, Teddy Bridgewater does have history of not playing every single game. He has history of of missing. So, yeah. like, he's already missed a start this year. So that's that's a situation to where they probably will take quarterback. He could sit one year behind Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater is a smart quarterback. He's just not someone that's going to be a starter in the NFL. He's someone that could start s- – five games for you like he did with the new orleans saints and went five and oh on a contending team with the with the good roster and a good defense but he's not someone you're going to build your franchise around so i think that's why they would go quarterback also if they cut him after the 2021 season they would save 21 million dollars and i think the other factor too with that is i while i think quarterback is probably where they go that that carolina panthers defense is abysmal and i think that they really should be looking at edge I think that there's an argument for edge. I think a Gregory Rousseau could help them out. Even, you know, Quiddy Pay um, from Michigan. I think that, you know, edge is a possible chance. Like I said, edge and quarterback are the only things you should do. And I think that, you know, if they do have Teddy signed on for three years, yes, there probably is an out. They could go edge and try and bolster the defense sooner, but they do have a brand-new head coach who probably wants his guy there. It's kind of an interesting situation with Carolina. I think that is the one team that really scares me looking at the draft order right now. And, and, and it could change these last two weeks. Um, the next team is is Atlanta, and I don't think they're going to move away from Matt Ryan. Yeah, they're definitely going to keep him for at least one more season. But they're another situation. Like I said, there's someone that could trade up to go take Justin Fields if they want him. They're sitting at five. Two's not that far of a jump. Uh, so they they certainly can. He, he's getting up there in age. So if you're picking at five right now and the number two spot's not that far away might as well do that jump now and have them sit for a year doesn't hurt their their final two games are the chiefs which they aren't winning no and they are also playing the buccaneers which could be a win because they almost they almost had them beat on sunday so i mean and by then the buccaneers could have already clinched their spot i don't know how that's going to work but there's a chance that the falcons get one more win um and could you know potentially move move somewhere the next couple teams are definitely not taking quarterback. Houston Texans, which is actually the Miami Dolphins, still not taking a quarterback. The Eagles have found their guy in Hurts. It really looks like they're going to run with him next year. Dallas Cowboys is really interesting, but I think that with the win on Sunday, or on, yeah, on Sunday, I think Dak is going to be the quarterback there next year because it looks like they're probably going to... Their defense is so bad that right. if Gary doesn't take someone to bolster that defense, I think people are going to make fun of them in the offseason because, I mean, their final two games of the season are uh, the Eagles, which is a winnable game. They might win that. And I think and the Giants, which is a winnable game. So they could win two more games and then have to go defense. And I don't think they're a threat to take quarterback at all. 
Yeah, I, I don't think they're a threat to take a quarterback at all. And then after that's the Chargers, they're not a threat to take quarterback at all. After that's the Giants, they're probably going to stick with their guy at quarterback. And Detroit, uh, find that situation interesting. If they keep Stafford, they're not taking a quarterback there. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, no, so, and if, and if, they, if they trade Stafford, he's going to us, most likely. Yeah, absolutely. So if they do trade him, yeah, Detroit, go get a quarterback all you want in that scenario because now we have Stafford. And then we could probably go and get a cornerback or a edge rusher at that because it is a, a out of the top 10. It's out of your comfort zone to get something other than an edge rusher. So I think a cornerback could be a real possible spot there. And I, I, yeah, exactly. And then we get to San Francisco, which I think the pick is Zach Wilson. I think that's where it's, it's been for a long time from all the whispers I've heard, the things I've been told, um, where the Niners scouting department has been during the college season. It's going to be Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. But here's the final question I want to ask you before we end the show. If the Niners are picking six, is there any way in any chance that they move up to one and take Trevor Lawrence? I don't think there's – it's too steep. It's too steep. Going from where I, I, I would think at best would be eight. So if they go from eight to one, I think it's just costing way too much. And I think there's going to be other suitors if that does get shipped, which would be Atlanta. So Jacksonville could just go down to five or four and not have to go all the way down to eight. It could be the Jets and Jacksonville could just go down one pick theoretically. So I think you would just have to vastly pay and exhaust so much resources that may not be the best option on the table. I mean, it has happened before. The Rams did trade for the Tennessee Titans' first overall pick a couple years ago, which they got Jared Goff, which we know how that worked out. But they gave up their first round, which was number 15, two second-round selections in number 43 and number 45, a third-round pick, which is number uh, 76, and then the Titans also got the Rams' first and third-round picks the following year. Would you be willing to give up that type of haul to go get Trevor Lawrence to Shanahan? Absolutely. But I think the asking price is going to be a lot higher because it's Trevor Lawrence and not Jared Goff. Jared Goff was pretty hyped. I don't think think people remember how hyped Jared Goff was coming out of college because he was putting up crazy, crazy numbers at Cal. Yeah, yeah, he was. But I think... I'm sure you think as well that Trevor Lawrence is on a different spectrum compared to golf coming out. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was a guy who was considered to just sit the year out because he was going to be the bona fide first overall pick. Um, the where he is compared to the other quarterbacks here in this draft, it's not comparable. Everyone's going to be confident to have Trevor Lawrence rather than say the number two guy right now. The majority is Justin Fields. There's still that unknown factor when it comes to Justin Fields as an NFL quarterback. There's not that unknown factor with Trevor Lawrence at all. He's the guy that's going to be a pro bowler, and he's going to be a pro bowler very, 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 very soon, if not year one. I think the best trade partner is going to be the Jets at two. If they don't, if they keep Darnold, I think you could trade to two and go get Zach Wilson if that's your guy. I think that's what you do. But I think if if you get past two and the Jets stay pat and take somebody, 
Cincinnati is really smart just to get ahead of Carolina if Carolina is still there at four because Carolina does scare me. Um, and I think they would, you know, with Zach Wilson and that offense would be pretty good for them. And I don't want I don't want to have to watch him go ball with another team when I, you know, been on Twitter saying how much that he's going to ball with the Niners. Uh, but I mean, I think this is going to get really interesting. I think the Jags will not trade the first. I don't think I think the Jags are going to lose on purpose for the next two games to make sure that they don't lose the number one pick because I think that Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall no matter what. And I think Jacksonville thinks that Trevor Lawrence can fix their franchise despite the fact that their roster is the worst in the NFL by far outside of now quarterback. Yeah, uh, as much as I want to put Trevor Lawrence on the 49ers or even Zach Wilson, the 49ers are going to have some work to do regardless of who it is. They, uh, it, I think Trey Lance is the most likely to fall to them because only four quarterbacks in the NFL draft have went top 12 three times, three times. So the odds are there for the 49ers to get the fourth guy, which would be Trey Lance. And I think he would be fantastic in running a read option type offense with Mostert there. Basically anybody could run the ball. Mostert. Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and don't even discount Kittle. He's someone that could take an end around. Shanahan's done it with him a few times. Uh, so that would be pretty electric. Shanahan does have experience with that type of offense after he had Robert Griffin III go rookie of the year, 10-6, and six, playoff berth. So there, there's some relations there, um, but I would definitely take – Trevor Lawrence, if there was some type of realistic opportunity, I would say 49ers, go do it. If it costs you three first rounds, go do it because he's that type of guy. Yeah, no, totally. And that's the thing is like, I, I want Zach Wilson. He's my quarterback too in this draft. I want him more than, more than I want to eat for the next month. I want Zach Wilson to be a 49er. But I mean, if you go to Trevor Lawrence, then go get him. But I mean, I think that I, I told you this, I texted you this earlier before we end the show. I am 98% sure that if they do not go get Stafford, they are going to draft Zach Wilson in this round. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be Wilson or, or Lance if they don't get Stafford. Yeah, I don't think any other quarterback is, is an option for Shanahan. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, if they want to check out your stuff, Leo, how can they do it? At LeoLuna93 on Twitter. I'm still fighting to try to get just the Leo Luna and drop the 93. There's some guy that's been on there that hasn't tweeted since 2013. <laughs> so um, as well as Sports Illustrated, all 49ers, you could find my writing. Yeah, and you can check me out at Nate 49 on Twitter. Two more games left. We'll see what happens here. Make sure you're always listening to the podcast. Subscribe, comment, rate, whatever you want to do. Tell us how what you think of what we're going to do in the offseason. Uh, I'm always down for you to message me on Twitter and talk about this stuff. It's going to be really interesting. These last two weeks, I think, are going to really set us up, you know, to really make a, a, a franchise-altering pick. This will be a pick that is literally going to change whether this team gets a 6th, 7th, and 8th Super Bowl or doesn't make it back to the playoffs again. And I think it's it's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. Absolutely. Let's let's go Niners. Let's, let's build this thing. <laughs> let's go get our quarterback. Let's go get our guy. And we'll see you next week on the Niners Nation Show. Take it easy. Happy holidays, and we'll see you soon.